I'm not sure how we started, or who had the idea first. But when I was in middle school, I had a group of friends who would all go into the woods together past the racetrack and play a game we called Seven Doors. This game involved one girl laying her head on the lap of another. The second girl would cup her hands over the eyes of the first girl to block as much light as possible from shining through their eyelids. We would all circle around them, seated on the forest floor, and chant softly, Seven Doors, Seven Doors. Seven doors. The girl whose hands were cupped over the first girl's eyes would ask her questions after we chanted for a few minutes. What do you see? Where are you? Do you hear or smell anything? All leading sensory questions that would paint a picture of a location in the mind's eye. The girl lying on the ground would begin telling us what she saw, describing what she was doing, even where she was walking. Usually every session like this started in a forest similar to the one we played in, except that the girl who was traveling would be alone. Within the woods were seven doors, each one a different color. There were red, blue, green, yellow, orange, purple, and white. They were scattered, and usually the goal of each session was to find a door, open it, catalog what was inside of it, and get back to safety, to the entry point or to the clearing in the woods that all of us originally arrived in, when it was our turn to travel. We only had 45-minute lunches, so we would usually only have time for one person to go under per day. Originally, it was just in fun. We would giggle and chant and listen with rapt excitement and attention at the visual story that the girl who was traveling that day would spin for us, finding all manner of animals and plants in the forest. We respected the hunt for the doors. No one was eager to slip a discovery into their story until it felt right or made sense. Thus, it took us two weeks to find three of the doors and explore a little bit of what was beyond each. The blue door was found first, and it led to a deep valley lake with short white houses cut into the cliff sides around the lake shore. We hadn't delved deep enough yet to know if the small cliffside villages were occupied or not. And by whom? The red door led into a huge city, built from gold metallic terracotta type material, with towering buildings that connected and reconnected through complex sky bridges. Again, we had yet to encounter any sort of dwellers or people here, only a few strange birds that followed our progress through the city any time one of us ventured into the red door. The green door led underground filled with soft phosphorescent fungus that wove across the ceiling like a webwork of fine jeweled thread. There was a single fire pit with a crackling fire lit at the water's edge, and a small tent suitable for one or two people at the most further of the darkness. We were slowly moving beyond the point where it was a game. In the beginning, perhaps we had tapped into the effectiveness of soft repetitive noise and some sensory deprivation by blocking the light from the eyes and achieve some very mild, meditative states. It may have helped our intuition, our ability to get lost in our world, that we all created together. Like a creativity exercise done to stimulate those more abstract portions of the brain that we are so plugged into as younger kids, and lose access to as we get older. Maybe we're just at that right age, not quite children anymore. Not quite grown women. 
But in between, a gray state of being, transitional creatures, each with a foot in two different worlds. Maybe this is what made us susceptible. Who knows? I remember going under on a Wednesday, when my turn came around again. My friend, we'll abbreviate her name to Jay, had her fingers cupped loosely against my cheeks. She had been taking guitar lessons, and I remember how calloused her finger pads were against my twelve-year-old skin. It made it harder for me to concentrate for a while. A flash of irritation shot through me, but I quenched it, squeezed my eyes shut, and tried to concentrate. The anticipation in the circle around us had changed in the last week. No giggles or smiles. We used to make faces at each other across the circle, to try and get one another to crack the chanting with a laugh. But the last few days, everyone had intently stared at whomever was on the forest floor. Focused. Resolved. There was a mystery here, and we were going to figure it out. Hindsight is always twenty-twenty. Isn't that what they say? If I could stop my twelve-year-old self somehow. Finally, the chanting stopped, and Jay asked me, What do you see? The clearing was around me, as it always had been before. I looked down and could see myself. Wearing the flared dickies and blue-striped cap-sleeved shirt I had put on that morning, I circled around the clearing, getting my bearings. Our friend S had found the green door the day before, and she had turned twice before heading off into the forest. I was really curious about the grotto, so I hoped I could find the green door again and spend a little more time exploring. I turned steadily, making a second complete circle before walking out of the clearing into the woods. It was midday. Sunshafts broke through high canopies of thickly layered pine trees. Dead needles and rocks crunched under my shoes as I walked, threading in between tree trunks and larger ferns. I described the landscape around me in colorful detail, until I stopped short when Jay asked, Do you hear anything? Besides my own footsteps, I hadn't actually thought about sounds yet. I paused, finally tuning into the forest around me. There was a stillness, a heaviness to the forest that seemed to dampen all noise as if coming from underneath a blanket. I waited, but besides me there was no sound, not even one of the creatures my previous friends had identified in earlier explorations. My mind was totally blank. I I don't hear anything, I whispered, and somehow saying it out loud filled me with a sudden, blood-chilling dread. Ice in my veins. I slowly turned in a circle right where I was standing, peering sharply into the woods around me. This was... strange. Something was off. I didn't see anything out of the ordinary, but this weird suffocating stillness seemed much different from the soft, breezy forest we had come to know. I don't know why I was stupid enough to do this, but I called out. Hello? A pause. 
then in the distance, a sound. Leaves rustling. The snap of a branch, so singularly loud in the stillness that it might as well have been a gunshot. My heart cracked, and fire surged through my limbs. I whipped around and began running back to the entry point, the clearing where we all entered and exited from. Fuck, what was I thinking? I should have realized something was wrong right when I arrived, but nothing had ever happened before. So why should it now? My breathing came fast and hard as I dodged tree trunks and leapt over exposed roots. Jay later told me that I had called out hello. She had attempted to wake me up right then and there. But we had a rule about waiting until a person had returned back to the entry point before coming back. Something about exiting the same way we had entered, in order to keep everything structured and ensure that we really had woken up. I was mostly looking down at the path as I ran, to ensure that I didn't trip on roots or a large rock. So when I looked up briefly, and I saw a dark, hulking shape ahead of me in the woods, my heart nearly stopped right then and there. Shit! I veered suddenly, dodging behind a pine tree, clutching the rough bark in my hands as I pressed myself against the trunk. I stuffed my hand in my mouth, stifling my gasping breaths, ears craning desperately for any sound. What was that? Were my eyes playing tricks on me? What in the actual fuck was going on? I waited, hearing nothing but the thick silence and my own blood pounding in my ears. After a few moments, I cautiously peered around the edge of the trunk. It was closer to me now. I hadn't heard anything. But there, in the direction of the dark hulking thing I had seen earlier, I could make out the distinct rectangular shape of a door. What is it? What do you see? Jay's voice squeaked a little higher than normal. There's a door ahead of me, I whispered. I stared at it, fingers white-knuckled and stinging with sharp pain as the rough bark of the tree dug into them. A door? A pause, then Jay spoke, her voice calmer, colored with curiosity. What color is it? Is it green? I swallowed hard. It's black. It stood alone in the woods about fifty yards ahead of me, a dark solid stain on which the light of the sun seemed not to touch. I couldn't see much else from my distance outside of a faint embossed pattern covering the center of the door. There was a long pause, then another voice from the circle of our friends around us. I thought there were only seven doors. Elia, shh. Well, she's changing the game. We haven't even found all the doors we decided to have yet, and yet she's making more doors? I couldn't be sure, but it was starting to look like, somehow, the door was getting closer to me through the woods. I'm running around it, I said, and began moving through the trees circling around the door to the left. 
It didn't seem to move while I was looking at it. It somehow was closing distance between us. When I realized that in the time it took me to circle around it, it managed to half the distance between us. I couldn't take it anymore. I broke my gaze, turned, and ran full sprint. I was nearly at the clearing. Just make it to the clearing and get out of here. It's a door. It's not like it's going to chase me. The trees broke up ahead of me, opening up into the clearing in my way out. I gasped in shaky relief, and slowed for a moment, peeking over my shoulder to see if the door was still following me. There was nothing behind me, but trees and forest, and I almost laugh. Guys, I think I lost... I turned, and screamed as I nearly ran into it. It was three feet in front of me, and I barely avoided slamming right into it, throwing myself off to the side into the bush. Fuck you guys! I cried. Fuck, fuck! Jay, get me out! Get me out! Are you in the clearing? Her voice was sharp. I scrambled to my feet and threw myself around the door, taking off into a hard run. The moment my toes passed the edge of the forest into the grass, I said, Yes, yes! Get me out now! Five, four, three, two, one, and... Open your eyes. Sunlight nearly blinded me as Jay's hands lifted from my face, and I scrambled up, frantically brushing dead needles off that had collected on my backside. I was panting. Jay's face looked pinched as she watched me. No one else said anything for a long time before Elia finally spoke up. I can't believe you didn't open it. Are you shitting me? A creepy black door? The remembered sight of it chilled me and I shivered unconsciously. No thanks. The bell rang, signaling five minutes until the end of our lunchtime. We'll try again tomorrow, Jay said quietly, and without another word, ten girls got up and trudged back towards the school. A strange sobriety having fallen over everyone. I almost didn't go to school the next day. Looking back, I should have stayed home and faked being sick. <laughs>